Hello everyone, this is Mike Brown here. You're listening to Moto X Pod Show. Pennywise. I do too now. I uh, just discovered them after the Cole Seeley soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I do too. I downloaded their entire discography. Oh man, you listen. If you go back and watch like some of the, the old Moto Triple X and the yeah. crusts of their music's all over it. Right, That's what right. got me into is watching those all the time. And just that old like SoCal punk sound from the yep. 90s. It's kind of my favorite deal. But is what do you think, TJ? What's your what's your so. Yeah, yeah, definitely cool. I haven't heard any of the whole sound check things that Mathis has been doing yet, but you gotta listen I like to that. I'm not into music. I mean, like, I, I literally never listen to music. Really? So, I'm not a huge music guy, but when I do, it's I listen to stuff like this, or I mean, I've been listening to Slayer lately. Oh like, yeah, I yeah, I like Slayer. Slayer. Yeah, the old I, I'm stuff not a huge that. fan of the vocals, but I love the music. Nah, yeah, the vocals are a little off. Too high pitch. The stuff from the '80s is the best. Right, like it's so good. Right. That, just that kind, of, that kind of that old school metal sound, where it's not so I don't know, as loud. Maybe I don't know how, yeah, yeah. what you would say, but you. it's uh, it's good stuff, dude. But, uh, yeah, anyway. we were talking about the. Uh, Sound check this weekend. Me and Kiefer, we got to do a big music thing. He's like, okay, okay. So who would be your number one? And we start talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's not a big music guy, though, is he? Not a huge music guy, but he's going to be doing one apparently. Really? Uh, maybe I shouldn't. Have you know who else they say is not a music guy at all? It's Chad Reed. Right. He no, no, he, yeah, he didn't even know. Like he, he didn't even know like why ACDC was his theme song. Yeah, they yeah. had that song forever. He didn't yeah. even know why. But. Uh, <laughs> What's up, people? Moto X Pod Show, episode 53, brought to you by Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, MX Girl Design, Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, York Welding and Fab, All Sport Dynamics. My, who am I missing? It, uh, I don't know. Who makes Girl Designs? I've already said everybody already. Hey, speaking TPJ, of MX, yeah, TPJ Racing, that about covers it right there. Speaking of MX Girl Designs, she, I got to put some graphics together for Docs 250 and 450 for uh, Minios. Oh, yep. right on. Dude. Like, spot on. I said, hey, can you make something like this? And she sent the first one over, and Doc was like, yep, that's perfect. Yeah, like, it was awesome. I talked so. to her today. She said she was probably going to get that out pretty quick. Yeah, she, we got to have it for next week. But yeah. I've, I've already talked to her today. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying it was like like she hit it the first time. There wasn't like, oh, can you change this or this? It was right on the money. Mm. So it was awesome. She's uh, she's making me some Chiz stickers because they have the new logo they, they just came out with, but they don't have stickers yet. So I just, ah, I I had, I just asked Brittany. I said, will you send me the, the – the logo, just email it to me, and she emailed it over. And Char's gonna make a bunch up for me, so I can stick them on my van. Cool, cool. So, yeah, so I gotta yeah, get Char's some. Gra- I gotta point. get some graphics for the RMZ. Like, yeah. I still have not gotten any graphics for either bike I have. They're yeah. both just sitting there. So, but I gotta get plastic. I don't know. I'm say I don't know why mine needs graphics, being that I don't ride it anymore. It seems yeah, like. right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I've been working my, too much. Dude, my, you know, last time I rode mine was Burleson. 
Really? Man, me too? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I haven't ridden since then. So. Well, yeah, you don't have an excuse. You're home every weekend. That's true. I was, my shoulder was in bad shape for a few weeks there. It's a little bit better now, but... So, was... to just nobody except for local people understand this, I was out there at Willow Branch today. Uh, he had got He's moving some dirt back there. Obviously, guys, the track isn't open, but he's moving some dirt to around the pond, and uh, he got the skid steer stuck, so I had to drag my tractor out there and get it out. And he's gonna open it up for like invite only rides and stuff like that. Just half of the track is still there, and he, we, yeah, cool. So yeah, <laughs> is he gonna just like rebuild it and stuff? Or? Just one half of the track he's gonna rebuild and reface, and just only for like invite people ride, ride or whatever. Right. Well, so let's be on the invite list. Oh yeah, we're we're you're definitely on the invite. Yeah. Hey, are we going to the edge this weekend? I'm going to the edge, or are we going? I'm going to be back in West Texas. I'll go. I'll Dude, go I heard it's edge. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm playing. I'm... Uh, I talked to Taylor Ligon from Broadway, yeah. and he was telling me it was it's like on point. Yeah, they got a really cool track. Keep hearing. Well, if you go Sunday, it's going to be it's the national track, the Loretta Lynch track, and the Supercross track. Oh, did they keep the Loretta Lynch track? Yeah, they're oh, opening that's awesome. it Sunday. Can't go Sunday. We're going to take. Amber's middle daughter to see Skillet for her birthday. Oh, what's that? They are like a Christian rock band, but they uh, you wouldn't necessarily they, they kick butt. Oh, I didn't know they were Christian. I've heard yeah. them before. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Chick drummer, pretty killer band. Yeah, they've been around for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. Who You've that is, probably but... heard their song "Monster" because it actually got played on the radio, but. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They're pop. They're real, like real yeah, popular. Pretty cool, uh, man. That's cool. Hey, whatever, man. Whatever works for you. Yeah, I guess Saturday would work. I just got to get off my ass at night and do my bike work. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, the only day I can do it this weekend. Well, y'all have fun with that. Yeah, I haven't technically. Well, I was gonna say I haven't rode since you guys rode. I rode that same weekend, but I have. I did ride this weekend. Yeah. That's right. If you well, want to count that, once you, uh, once you just tell us all about that because you're, well, you're. I don't know if we have time, it. man. We got. Du- Mr. Dubach in four minutes. Well, we can, uh, just for those who don't know, Jamie went out to uh, Glen Helen, race the Vet Nationals, and, uh, yeah, held it down for us Texas people out there and got, got to ride a bike that was foreign to him and had a good time. We'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. talk about that after we get done. Like I said, we got Doug Dubach coming up here pretty quick. So, uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, it was we'll a get cool experience. Jamie's stories and, and, and everything and all the, the rock star shit he yeah. does. Nobody can call to... me a sandbagger anymore. I'll just say that. Why, because you get your you, ass handed to you out there at the much. national, yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, check it. It's a track you don't know on a bike you don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I've heard that's like the world sandbagger champion. That's what everybody was saying. So, like everybody drops down a class apparently, and like the leaders were just gone. That's ridiculous. But yeah, y'all need to stop being bitches. Get back up <laughs> in your know. class, you know. I mean, it was. I had a good time. That's all I can say. So we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, here in a little bit. That's cool, man. No worries. I dude, I haven't done anything with a dirt bike dirt bike related i want to but yeah hadn't well, had i'm ready riding i'm ready to ride one of my bikes this weekend yeah when are you gonna get your own one back i don't know i'm gonna have to make a phone call tomorrow because it's been you jumping that dude's ass it feels like it's been five weeks but it's probably only been four and they told me two to four your smoker no my 15 oh yeah yeah for the motor that's repo, right. that yeah. uh recall work done did you ever but, get that smoker back no um the weekend it was supposed to come up that was when Tyler has that event, what's it called, like Bikers, Babes, and Ribs or something like that? I don't know. That they had a couple weeks ago? He was going to come up and bring it that weekend, but his wife, it was her anniversary, and she didn't want to come up to Tyler. Oh, okay. So we'll get it worked out. It's just a matter of me making a drive down there probably to pick it up. Yeah, I cool, can't cool. really say I'll blame her for, I mean, what the hell are you going to do here on your anniversary? <laughs> right. so, and Tyler, yeah. yeah. Not, so, not, not, the answer is not a whole lot. Yeah, right. So anyway, I'll get it, though. It'll be uh, – might be the first of the year before I make it down that way. Yep, yep. TJ could have directed them to which Wendy's is the best one in Tyler. <laughs> yep. Wouldn't know. <laughs> Ain't there today. Oh, God. Mm. That's so gross. 
I don't. Yeah, it's hard for me to even respond to that. I like Jamie's response because I need 24 hours notice so that I don't need anything. So I'm actually hungry enough yeah. to eat that. Well, well, we were sitting in line when you sent that text because I had told for people listening, I had told them next time I have a show and we're in, I'm gonna buy Wendy's for the guys and show them that it's not as bad as what they act like it is. He bitched out on that. But I've but had hold on. it before. But, I didn't say like it's but, the worst food ever. It's but just anyways, not really good. I was sitting in line and it was like three o'clock. And Kathy's like, well, let's just go ahead and get it. And I'm like, no, because if I show up with some like cold, old burgers when they get here, then all, I'm never going to hear the end it's of it. It's going to be cold either way. No, I can get it here How quick. far away is it? Uh, about 10 minutes. It's not that far. It's not that far. It's a 10-minute cold burger. They wrap, they wrap it in that, that, that aluminum paper or whatever that shit is. Dude, I'm so hey, there's a reason on. I don't like Wendy's to begin hey, with. Hey, guess so. what? We're, we're gonna take a break real quick and get Doug Dubok on the phone. Yeah, and we'll deal with something. I bet he deal with like this Wendy's. later. I bet he doesn't like Wendy's either. Yeah. All right, guys, we're gonna get to our first guest, longtime factory Yamaha rider, test rider, and the head honcho at DRD Exhaust, the winner of the 90, 1991 San Jose uh, Supercross, the one and only Doug Dubok. Doug, what's up, buddy? Oh, not much. How you guys doing? Man, we're good. Doing pretty good. Pretty excited to uh, talk to you. And, man, what an honor it was to meet you the other day at the famous Glen Helen World Vet Nationals. Uh, well, thank you. Yeah, um, that was, uh, was a good weekend for me. Uh, I got to figure out to how to uh, uninvite Mike Brown next year. That would have been <laughs> my weekend perfect. He'd yeah. Show up. Well, you guys put on a heck of a show and – you know, that was my first time ever to come to Glen Helen. And um, quite frankly, the hills scared me a little bit. We don't have stuff like that in Texas. <laughs> and to see how fast you guys went in the mud on Sunday was unreal. Just absolutely unreal. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I can't remember who asked me, but someone walking past me said, Hey, when, when did you learn how to ride the mud? And I said, <laughs> How about it? 30 minutes ago. <laughs> nice, yeah. Yeah, because you, you guys don't really get a lot of rain out there. And, and I was telling my fiance before we left, I said, there's rain in the forecast the one time I get to go ride at Glen Helen. How does that happen? Well, see, now you got to taste all the elements, you know, because <laughs> typically, you know, everyone complained about the rain, but the track was very good, you know, soon after, another hour or two after that yeah. rain. That track was great. So the other side of that is no rain and dust and big square chuck holes and, and, and that sort of a condition. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I have to say it was a really fantastic weekend for me. Watch, just getting to come and watch you guys, you know, all the chicken and yourself and Brownie and Metcalf on Sunday was just an honor. It's just, like I said, I, I had a blast and you were so, so friendly. Everybody was so friendly out there. And John Anderson and W put on a heck of a show. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, I find myself at these types of events these days, you know, because they're the ones that are worth going to. And it is, you know, it's like old high school. You just sit around and tell stories of how fast you used to be. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, I do the same as you, I'm sure. We all think we were pretty fast at one time. But, <laughs> it, it, you know, I, I'm, you know, definitely lucky to still be riding and enjoying it. And it, that's, you know, I at one point I was sitting around, I emailed my friend from Yamaha, and there's six or eight of us that haven't been sitting in the same circle in years, but, you know, it takes an event like that to get everyone out and sitting there and, yeah, BSing just like the old days. Right. Doug, would you say, uh, this is a fair assessment, that you probably have more laps on that track than anybody else in the world? 
I have certainly been accused of that, and uh, it may be true because, you know, just racing laps and practice laps and all that, but, you know, for the 30-plus years I've been a Yamaha test rider, we've rented that place many a time. So, yeah, I would would venture to say i got to be in the top three, if not the guy that's got the most. How many titles is that now? I I was thinking it's got to be somewhere close to 30. 26. Okay, I wrote uh, down 27. I wasn't sure. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I've got 11 in the 30 class and 11 in the 40 class. And then uh, now that was my fourth 50 title. So, uh, Man, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, keep keep on. Like I said, i got to find, find a place for Brownie to go next year. So maybe <laughs> right. I can get me another 40. <laughs> he seems to be just about everywhere. Yeah, Mike Brown is all over the place. Well, yeah, I mean, you talk about, a true ambassador to the sport. He, you know, we did an event in England that I've done now several years in a row, uh, much the same thing. It's like the Woodstock of motocross because we all race vintage bikes. Um, I'm not true vintage, but pre-89. So, uh, and it's a donations format. So they get all the different countries and whatnot. And so, you know, I was lucky enough to have Brownie on my team nice. along with John Dowd and Todd the Hoop. So, uh, yeah, it's, it was great catching up with him because I've obviously known him on and off for all the years, but, you know, our paths don't cross very often. And uh, now, you know, twice in the last couple of months, we've got to hang out. Yeah. You know, tell stories. So well, you, pretty you, good stuff. You mentioned vintage racing. Do you do any true vintage racing? Not really. I've, uh, you know, Marty Tribes developed this, like a, I think they call it the 100 Works Revenge or something. So he, partnered up with one of the local vintage guys socal mx and or socal vmx but um so i raced an 83 100 at quite a few events over the last few years and you know just an absolute blast you know and i'm lucky enough to have these super fancy guys build me this bike that was just unbelievable but that's really the only thing i've done okay you know it's just been on that 100 and then I've ridden other bikes at those events, but it's been mainly the the 100 that I've ridden. And other than that, yeah, I just don't have a lot of time to go and build those bikes because that's half the fun. You know, right, it's like right. going to the, the the store and buying a model. You you know that all the fun's building it, and then you know you stare at it when you're done. But <laughs> yes, sir. Well, I tell you, I watched a uh, a GoPro video from you at Diamond Dons a few years ago on the on one of those 100s. Dude, I don't think you let off of that thing the entire moto. I'm serious. Like, every turn, ever just, like, wide open. I was amazed. I really was impressed. I watched it probably four or five times in a row. Yeah, you know, that was – it's funny because I'd never ridden – or never wore a GoPro in my life. That was the first time I ever wore a GoPro. My son told me. He goes, Dad, because he couldn't go to the race. He goes, where are the GoPros so I can see what the trap looks like? <laughs> and that video has been, like turned into this <laughs> such a uh, you know famous video, right. of course, because I, I slammed uh, Burnworth in the one. Because <laughs> if you watch the good race, you had to watch the one where I, I, I rammed into Burnworth. And uh, so that made for a long card ride back to the airport. I'll tell you that <laughs> Well, that that event but, is about an hour from us, so that's one of the reasons I was asking is if you would, you know, would make it back out to one of those, you know, maybe next year or, or the coming up, you know, the next couple of years. Well, you know, it's I kind of just went to that, you know, uh, Marty invited me and everything went great, 
And then it seems like every year thereafter, I've been somewhere else. You know, right. I still, you know, just either Japan doing testing or over here doing something else and over there doing something else. And I, I still uh, would like to get back there because, man, I, I had so much fun, you know, because Cooper and I, I mean, we basically, you know, were rivals from the you know drop of the gate his first year and my first year in 84 riding the nationals we were battling i mean almost to blows to get that rookie of the year on her so <laughs> he and i go way way back and uh so to get out there and race around with him was like nothing else that was so much fun i can imagine he's still wide open too yeah well, you were talking. Yeah. You were talking about testing in Japan and doing all that stuff. Even now, I have a question for you because I've been a parts guy at shops for years and years. As the beginning of four strokes really took off, and your pipes have been there since before the the four fifties and all that kind of stuff. My question is, like, what do you think now? Did you ever see the four strokes being what they are now? And and talk a little bit about that. Well, you know that that's uh seems to be a, a a question it's got so many answers but for me i knew it from day well not day one but about day six because that first yz 400 came along and when i first heard about the project i was like oh i think i had the same thought that everybody thought like uh you know because everyone pictured i don't know if you remember spud walters but yep. him riding around the xr 400 <laughs> that looked like a magnet that fell into a jc whitney catalog i mean that thing had every bolt-on thing you can imagine but it just was painful to watch <laughs> so that was the image that went through my mind i'm like oh come on you guys but by the time that thing came back like the third time fourth time it was i remember riding it around carlsbad and carlsbad's dry and slippery so it definitely was the bike to have but I would try and ride the wheels off the YZ-252 stroke to, you know, push these guys to make that 400 better. But I was still clearly two to three seconds faster on that, the original 400. And oh, I'm wow. Going, Man. That's awesome. And I can remember when it first came out, I had a sit down with Mitch Payton. I said, this is what is going to take over racing. And he just laughed in my face. He goes, that's a trail bike. We will never race trail bikes. And so I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's, but, yeah, uh, that's all they're racing now, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's a double-edged sword because, you know, I love the two-strokes. You know, I got a YZ125 and a YZ250, and I ride those whenever I can. And it's, it's you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of different choices, but, you know, the, the four-strokes are great. You know, if you got to get the job done, but, man, there's nothing like the sound of a two-stroke ripping around a motocross track. I definitely Absolutely. agree with that. Definitely. So, you know, in the in the last few years, the four strokes have come a long way. Obviously, with with mapping, fuel injection, whole shot devices, which that's not just four strokes. But what do you think about all this technology and it taking some of the skill out of the racing? Well, you know, I mean, that, you hear that in so many different uh, forms of racing. Right. You know, I it, it, it's true. You know, I, it's funny. I had a conversation with Eddie Lawson. You know, multi time world champ and the um, MotoGP world, and he and I had got onto this whole thing where he hangs a bunch of crap on the new guy saying, well, you got traction control, you got everything. Oh, you can pull anyone out of the stands and if you go win on that bike. <laughs> so it, it's true that it's definitely taken some of the art out of it, but, you know, I think the tracks are making the racing 
you know, worse than the advancement of technology and, you know, lowering the, the requirements. You know, I would like to see you know, a little bit different track design and layout, and I think you would get a little more exciting racing in the nights. But like, what kind of changes? Just an old guy complaining. <laughs> well, what I mean, like you say that, and I and I haven't really heard a lot of people say what they would want changed. Like, what do you think is is the is the problem right now? Well, I think they make the tracks. It's it, they're over groomed, so everything you know because they want to look great for TV and they they want it you know to be so even everywhere. But the thing of a, a track as it develops, that's where you start to get passing lines, and you know when when the good line gets so bad, you got to move to the next one. You know the guy that figures that out before the next guy is has the advantage. You know so. It's funny because my kid is so funny. He goes back and finds all this old stuff on YouTube. And, you know, we'll be watching these old Supercrosses from, you know, late 80s, early 90s, you know, my era when I was in the mix of them all. And and you look at how difficult those tracks were. I mean, you couldn't jump half of these sections because they weren't really designed to jump. But you're struggling to mix a whole bunch of different combinations or you know inside to do that but then that eliminates you from doing the other thing and and no split lane stuff it's just a matter of how much run approaching a section well nowadays everyone jumps everything because it's just too easy you know they 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 make it okay you're going to jump you know unless you brought james stewart back because he jumps things that nobody ever thought should be jumped but i mean for the most part even the guy that barely makes a night show is jumping all the same stuff that the guy that wins the main event at. So yeah, same that's just to me, it's not over simple, but it's certainly not challenging, you know, and I don't mean challenging enough to hurt guys. I just mean challenging enough that it'll mix up the rhythm and, you know, you're going to be winded because you had to, you know, hit the face of a jump because that was, truly the faster line than going way out and getting over whatever the combos are. But yeah, I, I, I just think they're, they're made for TV kind of stuff and, and it's unfortunate, but I know that's where money you know comes into the sport. So right. you can't beat them up too bad, but yeah, I would like to see, you know, a little more, uh, uh variations, I guess. Yeah. I think we all would. I don't, disagree with that i don't know exactly how they manage that necessarily especially with the power of the four strokes because they could dang near jump anything but well that's the deal they don't have to groom the tracks because you got i mean those things they got they gain much better traction than a two-stroke oh yeah for sure. so i don't feel i feel like a little bit of that track prep stuff now obviously for safety reasons during supercross maybe you want to do a little more but like i feel like outdoors kind of like to the gps they should just let them go yeah well i think you you see a little bit of that transition. I mean, look at the GP circuit and how deep their talent pool is because these guys are riding difficult stuff week in, week out. We're, you know, and it's so funny because you get the certain tracks that are just so overrutted, they're stupid. Yeah. You know, they, they just don't make for any good racing because they're trying to survive. But, you know, then they get these overgroomed things that, they don't challenge anybody. So then, you know, you take our guys over and you drop them in the middle of a really difficult track and situation. And yeah, it's, uh, well, you see it, you know, I've been to two out of the last three donations and, uh, yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that can ride that stuff when it gets really difficult 
far better than we're riding it. Yeah, exactly. You're right. You're 100%. Now, Doug, when is the last year you actually officially raced Supercross? Uh, well, my last year for Factory Omaha was 93, but the last Supercross I rode was in 2000. I rode uh, just a couple of West Coast ones, um, just, you know, because they were around and, you know, I, I had the opportunity to go race them. So, sure. but, uh, yeah, it was kind of just the beginning of the four stroke. So I was, right. I, I rode four stroke in the, those couple of rounds. Seems like I remember 94 and I'm, you may correct me if I'm wrong, but you being on like a limited schedule where you did race some and you didn't right? you know, you were at some rounds and not other rounds still riding the Yamaha. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. 94. Um, you know, Yamaha put together this program with Rick Johnson, where if you bought a YZ, you got this motocross school kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So Ricky and I did, I want to say 11 or 12 events. So we were kind of all over the place doing these buy a YZ, get this, you know, Doug Dubok, Rick Johnson thing. So that kind of kept me from doing a lot of stuff, but it was, uh, I still trickled and hit a lot of here and there races probably most of the way through the 90s you know finally around 2000 was when you know i was just so busy at yamaha um you know because i in my prime racing for the race team they always joke with me that i was the only guy that worked on both sides of the hallway because racing was one side testing was the other but you know once once the racing you know started diminishing you know i was up to my neck and because the 250f was coming out in 2001 so you know 99 2000 we were to japan you know six eight times a year and at every test track in southern california when i wasn't in japan so we were kind of busy to be running off racing right on yeah so um i assume that the highlight of your career race wise was 91 san jose yeah i mean you know the it's funny that that was uh, that race ended up the way it ended up because you know I certainly I wasn't my fastest at that point in time. You know I had actually missed almost the entire Supercross series that year. I got hurt in San Diego, so I missed like the next seven weeks. Came back in Oklahoma and got like tenth. Then went to San Jose and won. And then the last round was the next week in L.A. I think I was fifth or something, but. You know, so certainly some things went my way right. um, that night. But, uh, and you know, whatever, in the record books, they can never take it away from you. But, yeah, some of the greatest races in my life were, you know, in, in other tracks and in other countries. You know, I had some success in Europe, you know, in all those off-season races, beating some very, very fast guys straight up and, uh, you know, winning some big races over there. But that stuff hardly gets noticed. But, yeah. you know, it's very satisfying internally didn't you beat john michelle bell at a, a overseas race yeah yeah the uh geneva yeah um i beat him he, he was funny because he went to a different race the second night but i beat him straight up 20 lap main event on a real track i mean there was right. a john savisky track inside the pal expo's giant facility and yeah I, I beat him straight up and you know i beat lachine i beat you know, Greg Albertine, Brock Lover, you know, all these guys yeah. in that time when they were beating me here. So I had a, a very, very successful off season. And, uh, but unfortunately the beginning, that was in 90, my off season, cause I was hurt all of 90 
when I was number seven that year, I had broke my foot really bad in Japan in that Tokyo race. Yes, sir. So I, I basically limped through the entire 1990 season, and finally, a little bit of time off. Then when I went to the Europe stuff, I so that's probably when I was arguably arguably my fastest. But uh, yeah, you know, injuries are injuries, and they are. you know, some some you know are a little more fortunate than others, and I, I I wouldn't take any of it back. You know, I mean, I feel like I had you know came out the other side pretty good. I'm still able to you know, go to work each day and uh, still race my dirt bike, so I can't yeah, complain. Yeah, still haul butt. Man, just, yeah, you're still pretty damn fast on one, too. <laughs> but just those, you know, you only have a handful of really, you know, years right in the meat of it, you know, five, six, some longer, some shorter, but I had such, you know, poor timing on some of these injuries, a foot, a knee, uh, and I juggled that stuff. That's why I got all those nicknames, the doctor and right. the surgeon. And I, I had just about every nickname <laughs> associated to uh, being at field. a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, hey, Doug, yeah. how long exactly have you worn O'Neill gear? I think it's about 100 years now. 100 years. <laughs> wow. That's a hell of a company. That's a hell <laughs> um, of a gear well, company. You know, it, it's funny because I've been seeing people – posting around gear racewear. I don't know if you guys remember that. I remember but, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they did BMX so stuff, that too. Was, that was the first money that I was ever paid in my professional career. Gear racewear paid me $1,000 in 1984, and uh, I wore that stuff for a couple of years. But I've been with O'Neill since 86, so uh, that's a lot, 31 years. Well, I, so, I, I would say you built a hell of a relationship there. Yeah. That's that's kind of fun. Yeah, it was great. Did you see Jim? He was out there racing on the weekend, so he's a he's a diehard. You know, it's yeah. good. I mean, those are great people. When when these guys, you know, he's in his 70s and he's out there yeah. banging around the racetrack still, that's that's awesome. I, I talked to an O'Neill distributor here in Texas a few years back, and he said that, 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 that Jim O'Neill himself actually still gets out you know, and does a lot of the, the help with the product development and things like that. He still rides a bunch. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's, if you, know, you got to put up with his Baja stories, he'll tell you Baja <laughs> stories until you fall asleep. But if you, if you kind of get through those, then the rest of it's great. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. The O'Neill thing. I've got a buddy. Um, his name is Greg dust. He's a 60 or I think he's a 20 time Arkansas 500 CC state champion. And, He's been with O'Neill since 86 also, and I guess apparently last year they finally told him you don't have to send a resume in anymore. You know, he's he's a long-time O'Neill guy, and it seems like it must be a really good company. Yeah, you know, it's and you know, for me, I've been with the same companies, for, you know, throughout my whole career. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, That's y'all unusual. are just – Well, it is, you know, but uh, it's just, I guess, you know, when I find somebody that – you know, it's doing all the right things. Right. I'm not going to run down the street for another 12 bucks. Is no, no, the no. Bottom line. No, I think that's the right thing to do. When a company stands by you, you stand by them. I think that's that's a good uh, work ethic, and I like that. It's old school. Yeah, yeah. So what's the state of DRD right now? How's things looking? Um, you know, how, how's the business doing? Well, you know, we all felt the pain for the last several years, you know, the biggest guys and the smallest guys, but uh, it's coming back. We're we're, uh, we're actually very busy right at the moment, but you know, it's kind of that time of year. But 
we ain't cruised through summer. You know, usually the summer months can be a little bit uh, unnerving, but uh, we had a good summer, and so you know we're uh, we're still plugging away. We you know putting out pipes all day long and trying to build the best stuff. You know, it's, we're just not the the big flashy company, so you don't see us. You know, we we can't afford to buy those three thousand dollar per page color ads in right. all the books. So. Well, yeah, but, but I, I've uh, never heard anybody just, say anything bad about your your exhaust systems. I mean, they're they're definitely of the highest quality, and uh, you know, I know you do a lot of the testing, so we know the things are going to be right. Yeah, well, and that's what I can stand on. You know, I can't fake stories and make stuff up and tell you come buy you know my pet rock in a box. You know, <laughs> right. I, I I can't sell that. But what I am is, you know, I'm a fairly qualified test writer. And I test every last product, and I'm a, a guy that knows how to, you know, make things right. And But it's so funny, like, you, you jump into these pipe shootouts, and I've won nearly every pipe shootout I've ever entered. Right. Yet, you know, people still go and buy that guy's, that guy's, and that guy's. So uh, my theory is what I just said. It's the pet rock, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you can get... Uh, you know, 50% of America to buy a rock because you put it in a nice box. That kind of explains not just the exhaust industry, but, you know, around, across the globe and sure. anything, you know, it's, sold and packaged. So it's human I'm not nature. that good at the selling side. Yeah, it's human nature. We see Zach Osborne win a championship. Well, he uses FMF, so should, so should I. You know, uh, exactly. Justin Hill won a championship, so I should use Pro Circuit. You know, I mean. Yeah. Well, that's marketing, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's marketing 101, do. and, you so. know, but. But we know that you put out a great product, and it's it's certainly never going to be you know a, a problem that your your product yeah. is the highest quality. Um, I guess my last question is, what is your best Bradshaw story? <laughs> you know, I, Ooh, I, I like this question. Oh man, let, let me check my phone. I think I only got about sixty percent battery, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if I got that much time. Because there's probably a thousand best Bradshaw stories. <laughs> oh man, that dude. Uh, yeah, you talk about what I said earlier that I wouldn't change any of it for the world because, you know, I, I was Bradshaw's teammate for five years. You know, we had Emig sprinkled in there. You know, yep. you talk about polar opposites. You know, I, I, I went through the whole run from the Mickey Diamonds to the Brock Lovers to Mike Craig's. And I mean, I've seen a lot of guys and had to share a lot of hotels and, you know, pit <laughs> areas with a lot of different people. But yeah, Bradshaw was. You know, you loved him and you hated him all on the same day. So it's right. uh, it was definitely a, a whirlwind of uh, excitement. But probably one of the funniest things that we all sort of looked at each other and oh crap was uh, a, a rental car story. If you can imagine that, oh, I mean, so I okay. know that that's that's only you know it's it's old uh, tales that never really happened. But just pretend this really happened. Okay, <laughs> uh, up in Washougal we're leaving a dealership, right? And so we're driving out. We're going down this highway. So Damon decides, I'm driving, and uh, we got LaRocco in the back and Larry Ward. And so Damon decides that we need to go to, what were those things? Malibu Grand Prix. Do you remember those from oh, the yeah, old like days? Oh, yeah, the go-kart type thing, right? Now they're all, yeah, they're all, you know, electric carts and all that. But so he's like, turn here. And so I'm... You know, we're going quite well down the highway. And he wants me to turn up in the driveway because he's just noticed it like a half a second. So he decides he's going to help this navigation by pulling the e-brake, unbeknownst <laughs> to me. So needless to say, I think we 
took about five years off LaRocco's life because <laughs> the big yellow pole that came crashing through the rear or the driver's side passenger or, you know, the rear driver's side, yeah. I should say, door where Mike was sitting. <laughs> oh, wow. It, it made quite an impact into the uh, into the seating area. So <laughs> That's so good then, stuff. So uh, then there we were, all of us out of that thing walking. And, it, you know, of course, it was my car that week because we all bounced around. And, you know, Damon wasn't old enough, so it was usually my car. But So that one was pretty funny because everybody had their own version, you know, between – um, I said Larry Ward. I think it was actually Sean Kalos. But um, between Larocco, Damon, Kalos, and myself, we all had our own little twist to what we thought happened. But the bottom line is, we totaled a rental car. Awesome. I wonder if uh, I wonder if Mike Larocco's facial expression actually changed when that happened. <laughs> you know, that is a good point. I, I probably didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, he always looks his, unhappy. So yeah. <laughs> well, no, his brow might have been like a half millimeter lower in disappointment that he had <laughs> right. to walk back to the hotel. That's awesome. Oh man, hey Doug, I t- man, we have had so much fun talking to you tonight. It is a, a real honor to, to have somebody like you on here to have you on here. And uh, I, I, I might, I might have met you as a kid a long time ago, but you're always somebody I would would want to meet and and uh just just a legend in the sport man we really enjoyed this well no thank you for having me on uh you know jamie it was nice seeing you at Glen helen mark i hope we'll cross paths one day and, yes sir you know just keep pj in the corner don't let him push any buttons or we anything, <laughs> yeah keep yeah quiet. we keep him yeah. locked up pretty good so uh that's good that's good all yeah. right well uh yeah thanks yeah, for thanks not shooting you guys me away and, yep yeah good keep in touch if you want me to come on down in the future just let me know oh we will trust me you'll be getting a call from us we would love to yeah. have you back on all right and thanks, I'll, guys. Thanks, I'll, I'll be seeing you next year glenn helen i'm yeah. coming next year i'll be back okay yeah, very hey, good we'll you probably you don't you probably don't know this but like you know Ozfest was going on over at the amphitheater uh-huh with ozzy osborne and what i said for me that like just made my weekend even better i got to meet the legend Doug Dubach and I got to sit front row for Ozzy Osbourne. So like for me, that was just, you can have a better weekend. Wow. That's pretty good. I knew it was going on over there. We had, uh, I have a couple other stories of a guy that was uh, shooting some drone stuff. He was telling me about it. But yeah. Very cool. That yeah. sounds like a good weekend. It was for me. And I, I'm, yeah, I, I don't think I could duplicate it. I just need to quit now. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> just lock yourself up. Yeah, that's there it. Thanks Doug. Thanks. Doug. Hey, have a good night, Doug. Alrighty, thanks guys. See you, man. The doctor, the legend, Doug Dubai. Yeah, that was cool, man. That he's, might, he's a good interview. Oh man, he is. We have to have him on again sometime. Yeah. Maybe that Bradshaw story stuff, like he's probably got just hours and hours and hours of stories stored up. Maybe right. we should just have him on yeah, one day yeah. and just tell and have Doug Dubach tell stories, you know? Definitely another uh, just a good person so, in the So business. he's that cool in person too. Like Yeah. Just friendly and. What are you chewing on over a there? A roll aid. That's. I have indigestion, TJ. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was very nice and just. That's super what happens friendly when you're almost forty. And, yeah. Oh man. Just really great dude. Like all of them were. I mean, the dogger. When I walked up to him, even like Mike Brown, I was a little nervous about because I've heard he can be kind of short with people and whatnot. And dude, he's like, "Yeah, man, what's up?" Just start talking to me. Like, and then some fan, some other fans came up, started talking to him, and. He, you know, he's, he, I want to know how cool the dogger was. 
he, he was funny because he was loading up and about to leave. I'd been looking for him, but he wasn't at his pit. And then I saw his truck backed up across the driveway from where he was. So I ran out there real quick, knew he was about to leave. And he was. He was getting in the truck. He talked to me four or five minutes. And, uh, like, I was joking with him. I, you know, I said, well, my name is Jamie. We have the show. I said, a lot of people know me as Dark Side. If, if I, you know, and I told him why. I'm a Star Wars fan. He said, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, okay. Wah, wah, Busted my wah. balls already. I like, yeah. I like this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, was, let's hope he doesn't eat at Wendy's. Right. But, I know. Uh, Come on. But anyway, yeah, he was cool. All of them were cool. Chicken was cool. So Hey, we need to get Doc on the DRD plan. Dude. Yeah. We need to get him on the DRD plan. I mean, yeah. we got to do something for it because I'm, yeah, I'm going broke here. Well, uh, He's on stock pipes because I can't afford nothing. Right. Get, Jake, get, Jake, get, get him on it. Yeah, that's right. He makes shit happen. Get he him does. on it, you know? So, uh, well, um, thanks to, you know, I'm going to give Dark Side props for me. And I hate doing this because <laughs> I just don't want him, his ego to get any bigger. Guys, I, I can't. Think, I cannot build a bigger yeah. studio for his head, dude. I'm gonna and, tell and you something. They don't make any bigger <laughs> headphones. My head is actually outside the house and out, out the window right now. Jamie <laughs> does not take no for an answer from people. When he's ready to get somebody on this show, he will get. He will keep get with them until they get back to him. Yeah. Well, thankfully, so, I haven't had to really be like fighting. Most everybody's like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, they're Which, all they cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I was really surprised you were able to get those. Yeah, no problems when they saw you in person. Yeah, right. On the phone is one I, thing. Right, You're that sure. nice sounding I normal the, guy. The first time i called a pro rider to come on here was ben lemay yeah i was yeah. nervous yeah and he is he was just like as cool well, as you could be and yeah. i'm like, like oh, so you know far. it made it yeah. easier on me everybody's so. been like that so far like you just, don't I just, tell I everybody up, who listens how easy it is I what pre- we do yeah, i preface <laughs> it by saying hey <laughs> hey they don't have a dark side we do they don't. i'm like hey it's kind of like what mathis does but nowhere near as cool or as bad as yeah good, as yeah good, but we're trying and they're all like yeah, yeah man we you know spread the love and you know so everybody's just this is the best industry in the world. I love uh, motorcycle racing yeah. for that reason. And, and just uh, the, the, you get outside, like, especially like we're kind of in our own bubble here. We don't sure. get to get venture out of it much. And when you get to go do that stuff and you realize that everybody there is as pumped about it as we are. And you're right. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's everywhere. You yeah. Know? It makes it so cool. But I, uh, TJ, when are you going to get time to ride a dirt bike again, dude? Man, right now I'm focusing on Doc's racing. Speaking of which, I'd like to give a shout out to Doc. Got three more championships sewed up for the Lone Star Series. Not the biggest series in the world. Hey, but it doesn't matter. He so won them. That's yeah. three championships. And yeah, we got Arena Cross in Oklahoma this weekend, then Minios. Then the next weekend is Topeka, Kansas, Arena Cross. And then we have three weeks off. And then we're going somewhere else for Arena Cross, and I don't know. Is right. he going to do, like, the Amsoil stuff coming up? Uh, there, I know for sure we're going to do the Central. There's a couple of rounds that they consider the Central round. Yeah. I think that'll qualify. If he can win that, that'll qualify him for the final in Vegas. Oh, cool. Um, you know, those kind of things. I, mm. We're going to do as many as we can. He got picked up by a team, the 3G Racing, for the Nitro Arena Cross. And um, so they're going to be there. Is the 3G in the- Suspension? No, what's no. The, what's the what's the team? What's three G? It's three. It's just a couple of guys that put together a team. Oh, like RG or something. Yeah, you think RG three? RG three. No, three G racing. They, I, I've RG's got RG's knee. I've got some of the um, information, but they're they're a team that is out there promoting like stuff for the veterans and all that kind of yeah, stuff. The okay. bikes are really cool looking. They American flagged out and all this kind of stuff, and and um, they're giving them help. Where I can't go to the races because I'm working. My wife can have mechanics in the pits. So he's still riding his bikes, though. He's still riding his bikes, but they're giving like at race support and uh, discounts on stuff and helping out, you know, getting his bike to the races uh, for that Nitro Arena Cross. Heck yeah, man. Which is a huge, huge 
um, like help. Those Dude, guys. you need to get you need to get his resume. And give it the, him. Give that to Dubok. You yeah. really ought to get on that plan. He makes some damn good examples. Oh yeah, yeah. I've always I've always liked this stuff, and they've been around since forever. Mm-hmm. But I remember one of Stephen Barber's old two fifty Fs had the DRD stuff on it, and just it was really really evenly. Yeah. Um, spread out the power was with it. So, uh, but uh, what what time is the what time are we gonna do locals only? Uh, we got about twenty minutes before. We I gotta do a commercial break. So we do commercial. Oh yeah, we well, gotta talk about my. Yeah, I want to hear Jamie's so. stuff. So let's get the commercials out of the way. All right, commercial break, guys. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork sills. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork sills, Get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto Xbod sent you. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welling and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welling and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. All right, guys, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed our commercials that you just fast-forwarded through. <laughs> but, uh, we can start so them over right now. Let's discuss, so let's discuss our sponsors then so they have to listen. Yeah, again, well, we'll say big shout-out. Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, MX Girl Design, Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, York Welding, and Fab, All Sport Dynamics. What you say? What would you write? Oh, oh the, the grill giveaway. The grill giveaway, yeah. What do you want to do with that? Well, I think your idea is really good, mixed in with me and TJ's idea. 
Mine um, was always the best. I like the, I like the story. Yeah. The best motocross story. Uh-huh. That's realistic. Yeah. I like it to be true. But yeah. I think what we need to do is take the thing to the races, show the thing off so that yeah. people it's that amazing. don't know about us see the girl like, hey, what's this? Well, if you listen to our show, you'll find out. Let's How do say we? we give it away yeah. in six months. Oh, yeah. For you guys that won't be in the area we're taking them to, we'll put pictures on social media and stuff. Yeah. You'll, you'll get to know what this thing looks like. Yeah. We'll talk about more more about it next show or something, but I think yeah. that's a good idea. Is we'll yeah. we'll yeah. do like your best motocross story. Try to be honest. I mean, it'd be cool. You know, Don't be a dildo. Make up some crazy And if we think that your story's a lie, maybe it's just so good that we don't believe if you're it. Fu- hey, let me tell you something. If, if, it's that, if it's that damn good of a story, whether it's a lie or not, we're <laughs> hey, cool. I guess. Yeah. You better you not. Got, hey, if you get picture, have pictures, though, you, bonus points. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully their pictures we can't show them here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, anyway, yeah, that's awesome, man. That's yeah, so. awesome. So listen, tell us about your voyage to Glen Helen. Well, okay. So you just want like from the start? Yeah, might just, as well. Just uh, whatever, right. man. So, so right off the start, I want so to. So hold on, hold on. So on the line right now, we've got Dark Side. Gonna... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That stripper announcer voice just kicked in. Yeah, it did kind of didn't Go, it? coming to the stage next. It's Dark well, Side. I've right never, off. I've never even been to a strip club. But I still think my stripper announcer voice was is better than. What uh, kind of person don't does, say it's better than Keepers. It's way better than Keepers. Yeah, whatever. Dude, what way kind better. of person doesn't go to a strip club ever? At least like, once. I mean, like at least life. once. Yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, I dude, I've been married since I so? was eighteen. So I used to What's, go with my wife. But dude, excuses, excuses. Yeah. I'm just uh, more, not chicks, my thing. more chicks dance in front of you when you have your wife with Yo, you. No, no, they like you more when your oh, wife's yeah. there. And they're that gonna may pay, be, that may they'll be good pay more all. attention to your wife than they will you. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's just not my bag, man. I hear you. Naked girls. We always do that. Naked girls work TJ's bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Hey, to each his own, TJ. Naked TJ. wife is my bag. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. So to start off, let's just start off. I left Thursday night, and then I want to thank Shan Garcia of Shock Socks, one of our awesome sponsors, because yes, he let me crash on his couch again. So I land at. Uh, you just start charging. You rent Right. I land at LAX at about 7 a.m. California time. Instantly text Kiefer. He sends me his address. Says, "Come on." So an hour and a half later, I'm at Kiefer's house. And that's to, when he started to regret it. Yeah, I pull Kiefer up to his did. house. He's cool as shit. He's like, "Hey man, what's up?" You know, gives me the the bro hug, the the high five, the five and the bro hug, and says, "Hop in the truck." Takes me to Ty Davis's house where we watch. Um, uh, Am I just blanked? I don't know. Gary Sutherland? Yeah, Gary Sutherland. He's out there practicing um, Enduro, Cross. Enduro Cross, getting ready for Ontario. I, wa- I look at Instagram, right, so I right. know what the fuck He's getting ready doing. for Ontario, and uh, I get to uh, visit with those guys, watch him ride, watch Kiefer firing him up. Um, I get to listen to them uh, discuss how they're going to post on Instagram to call out Cody Webb. <laughs> and then Cody Webb's on the phone 30 minutes later. Talking, they're talking shit back and forth. So I got to experience some pretty cool stuff. Um, got to go to Ty Davis' shop, meet him. Talked a little bit about some business he's working on. I'm freaking jealous you got to meet him, dude. And he was just down to earth, dude, talking to me. He was literally – I can't. I don't want to give any of it away because it's a, a business thing he's working on that hasn't been – he hasn't promoted yet. But he has this idea for a product. He has this idea for the packaging of the product. I gave him an idea that he liked even better, and he's like, oh, that's great. And his wife, came, I think it was his wife, she came around the corner. She's like, that's the best idea I've ever heard. I said, well, you guys can have that for free. What? Hey, TJ, look. I know. I'm watching it. He's going to break my headphones. He's going to break the headset. It yeah. was just a really great day. Like, I was supposed to be at Glen Helen to practice. Rich Taylor was out there, had a bike for me, and he texted me. And I was like, yeah, I'm still at Kiefer's, and I don't really want to leave. So they took me to eat. We just hung out. Had a I little, hear you. Uh, 
you know, Gary and Kiefer treated me like uh, I was just one of their buddies, man. They're talking about real-life stuff, involved me in it. On the way back to the house, he called Heather. Heather talks to me. Hey, what's up, Dark Side? Dark Side, has yeah. some more. She has some questions for me about some personal stuff that we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, really cool. Um, I did uh, tell Kiefer that you, Mark, said thank you for the sex advice. He well, thought that was really funny. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, we talked some music. Uh, I think he may or may not be doing a uh, podcast check. about music by a guy that May or not may not be doing motocross related music podcast. The guy that was on the guy that may or may not have been on this show a few weeks ago. Yes, yes. Yeah. So we we had a little discussion about music, and it was just killer, man. Yeah. And then, um, were you here for the last one he was in? Uh, no, unfortunately, I was not. Dude, it was good. I know. I, I, I hate. I hate that you missed it. That was a good one. Yeah. No. You know, from there, I left and drove to Glen Helen, where practice had just winded down. Hung out with um, some of our our Texas friends like Chad Mayo, Brian Hicks, their wives. Yeah. Um, a buddy of theirs from California named Jeff. Uh, God, I can't remember Jeff's last name, to be honest. I have to check it out. But just a great group of guys were out there. Um, Chad Mayo saved my ass by, by letting me stay in his toy hauler for three nights. Yeah. Two nights, so I didn't have to pay for a hotel. They fed me. Um, woke up Saturday morning. Not you know My original plan was to race Sunday, uh-huh. ride Sunday. Didn't have a bike, like I said. Uh, Rich Taylor was bringing me one. He shows up late in practice. Like, literally, there's two practices left, which was the intermediate and then the, the A, which was Doug Dubach, Todd DeHoop, Oh, I'd have been Machine. out there. I'd have been out there. So, they're they're not really checking who's who for practice. He said, he gets there, and he's like, hey, I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so if you want to race today, you got to, to ride today. I run to go pay my entry. I run back and get my gear on. By the time I get ready, there's the white flag is out in the intermediate practice. So I go, I get one lap in to try to learn this track. I just pull across, and I get lined right back up with a pro. So I'm lined up next to Brownie and all those guys. What? I'm completely in their way. Obviously, it's scary as shit. I'm going down the cliff. They call Mount St. Helens. Is it with, that steep? Oh, my God, dude. Like steeper okay, so than I'm, Whitney? I'm dragging like, the back brake. I'm probably halfway on the front brake, and I'm gaining speed. So I'm saying, is it steeper than Whitney's uphill was? I never got to ride Whitney's oh, uphill, okay. so I don't know. Well, but it feels was like, like a, it's straight up and down. Yeah, and you're going down it. And there's breaking bumps that are like two foot deep and rocks. No, thank you. And it's very, very. This isn't sounding very, very fun to me. Dude, it's scary. The track yeah. does not like, sound fun. During yeah. the race, my whole thought was like, first of all, I don't know how I'm going to get to that rut or that berm. I just don't know how I'm going to stop. And if anybody's behind me, what if they don't stop? Like every lap. Going down the downhills was scary. It's but I survived. Steep. I didn't crash. Um, I went the, – the, the sheet said 16. I got 16th the first moto out of 32. But at the overall, they had me 17-17 out of 32. Whatever. I mean, you know, I was kind of bummed. But Somebody protested. No. Maybe. Could be. <laughs> he uh, rode you know, the, the, the A practice. Yeah, I, I rode um, Rich Richard Taylor's 17 YZF or uh, – RMZ 450, which was a little a lot different than Mahondo. wasn't super comfortable. Um, Probably super stiff because he's quick. Well, RT told me that it was Bogle's rear shock, which the shock was awesome. Yeah. The front end just kicked everywhere. And, and I could Air not Force. keep that bike in a rut. I just really? couldn't keep it in a rut. So the first moto and the first lap in a left-hander, I came out of a rut and had to go off the track. I was so out of control. And probably let five guys go by me. Um and then the second moto, I stalled and let four guys go by me. So, I mean, yeah. I probably could have had a little better than 17th. 
But yeah. it is what it is. Honestly, had a blast. Everybody out there is cool. The track was cool. John Anderson with W was amazing. Yeah, how was everything? How how were they this weekend? Pretty good, man. They did a, a you know a, a tribute to Tom White. Um, you know, yeah, he, I and, meant to bring that up. To yeah, the John start of the John show. got a little choked up. You know, he he talked to me openly, privately about some you know his feelings about it. It was really touching. Uh, just it was sad, you know, and a lot a lot of everybody out there. We never got the chance to meet Tom, but everybody no. out there seems to love him. He was obviously a great guy. I've heard about him for years. Yeah, he, he's so great, great um, dude. it was a lot to take in in the three days I was there. Uh, I was telling you guys earlier, we found out when I got there Friday night that Ozfest, not Fest, was going on Saturday and Sunday. Damn, we scored passes to that. How'd you do that? Uh, the guy that was pitted next to us rode over on Friday night when the road crew was setting up, and they gave him a bunch of passes. Oh, wow. He even passed them along to us. So we got over there in time to see Ozzy do his headlining. He headlined Saturday night. Can Ozzy still walk? Yeah. Can he? Yeah, he's slow, but I mean, he, he, and Zach Wilde's back in the band, which was killer. I literally know nobody in that band but Ozzy. Oh, Zach. Is, I have no Zach fucking is, uh, idea. has been his guitar player since like 87, maybe. Oh, damn. He was like 17 years old. He started the band Black Label Society, if you've heard of them. Yep, That's his band. Yeah. Zach's like a guitar god. He's amazing. So he was there. That was cool. He was like four feet from me. He was right in front of me where we were playing, where they yeah. were playing. Um, then, you know, after that, we go back to the trailer and it never rains in California, but it rained that night and it was nasty Sunday. Mm-mm. Thank God that I didn't have to race Sunday instead of Saturday. Yeah, because I saw I can't the pic- imagine coming down that hill in the mud. Fuck. Pardon my language. Yeah. I don't know about all that. Dude, can you imagine back in the day when the older bikes that didn't have as good of brakes oh, yeah. had to race on that? Yeah, well, here's, you know, and I'm thinking like, I'm watching Doug Dubach and uh, Brownie and Brett Metcalf just blazing down this hill at ungodly speeds. And I'm thinking, Tomac's probably how much faster than that even? It's ridiculous. Like, in the plus 30 pro class, there was a guy named Jason Potter. I think he's from Washington, but apparently he just won Mammoth. Okay. He, he gave Brownie a pretty good run for his money. But coming down the downhill – he was easily twice as fast as Brownie. Like, it was unreal to see the gap close. This dude, I tried to get him on the show tonight. He never responded how fast some of these guys were going down that hill. Because even going up the hill, like, you're looking at the sky, you know, and it's just, it's crazy. I, I mean, I have a all uh, another more respect than I ever did even before for those guys for what they do at that track. So, question. When you get to the bottom mm-hmm. and get into the berm, you kind of have to just, like, hammer on it, right? Yeah, yeah, to get back up. Yeah, because yeah. if you, like, I had arm pump bad because I was nervous the whole time anyway. Like, if you kind of relax for a second and you try to get on the gas and chop it and try to get the hill, the bike's just like... Imagine a 125. Imagine the oh, day. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Oh, you're kicking that thing like a mule. first gear and just... And, Feather in the throttle, mm-hmm. but it it's steep, dude. They had to take the second uphill out on Sunday because of the rain. Really? They tried to run it, and a bunch of the guys got into a pileup in one of the motos, and there was, like, swear to God, like 15 guys stuck on the hill, and they weren't even trying to stand up. They couldn't. They were just sitting down, and then they would slide down the hill, and it took oh, forever. Wow. They had to red flag it, and then they just cut it out completely. Well, you know that screw you at Unadilla? Yeah. You know, there, you know, they, it look, it's a lot steeper than it looks on TV. Right. right? Well, my buddy Dave told me he raced Unadilla on a 125, 
And he said, you get to the bottom of that thing, and you're you're kicking that thing down in the first and yeah, yeah. hammering it. And you're bar- you know how they'll jump out of it on the big bikes? There ain't no, no such thing on a 125. You're, uh, like, you're just to the top of it, you know? But, yeah, it, it, it was a hell of an experience. You know, I did not feel good. I was kind of sick when I got there. But looking back on it now that I'm home, man, it was just an amazing experience. All the way around from getting to meet Kiefer or Gary Sutherland and Ty Davis. I, I met Chicken, Doug Dubach, Mike Brown. The Dogger, um, Todd DeHoop, you know, got to go see Ozzy. Yeah. Ate In-N-Out Burger numerous times. That's awesome. Like, That's I the best part of the whole the trip right there. That, what, the only thing I would have changed <laughs> is I wish my shit could have been there. Yeah. That's the sure. only thing that I'm bummed on. Oh, I thought she was with you. No, she didn't get to go, and oh. she was kind of disappointed. And then when I, when I told her I was going over to see Ozzy, she was like, ugh. And her text was, you know, this is not fair. I would have never went on this trip without you. <laughs> I said, "Are you really trying to make me feel guilty?" She's like, "I'm just joking." But she was, she was bummed. Yeah, I was bummed. They're, they're, they're not been, joking when they drop that, though, are they? Yeah, it yeah. would have been a, it would have been a lot more fun had she been there for, for sure. sure. But I, I mean, I want to thank Kiefer. I want to thank Gary Sutherland because I know they're listening. Obviously, actually, Gary uh, Kiefer did say that Heather listens. Does she? Yeah, he says she, that her and um, Aiden were listening to last week's show. Oh wow! And that they do listen, and so. That's cool. So, Heather, if you're listening. Well, hey, you. Heather, appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, and I played him. He didn't know that she had sent the bumper. I played him the bumper. First, I played him Paige Craig's, and he said, oh, that's yeah. pretty sexy. That's no way. Check this out. And I played Heather's, and he goes, oh. I said, yeah, we, every time we hear Heather's, we all get a little kind of little uh, tickle inside ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, it is what it is. And Chris was like, that's awesome. So, yeah. he, you know, he was really cool about it. So. Dude, they sound like the best people yeah, ever. Yeah, he, really, he, he said, boy, she really did sex it yeah. up. <laughs> so yeah it's just a fantastic time and like, tj again, and i are over here like feeling like bums our wives did commercials and there ain't no sexiness about it they're both like just reading the page right you know? well but, I, I do man I, there's so many people i, I feel like I, I thanked them i guess but chad mayo and uh, brian hicks if you guys are listening again thanks for taking care of me and yeah I guess. And, and chad's wife uh jennifer man she not only like kept everything clean and organized she was cooking dude she was cooking breakfast for us and like she wow. didn't have to do anything for me. She came out the door and said, "Hey Jamie, I got breakfast cooked and man made it just killer, dude." Damn. Killer well, people. I had a I had a nice weekend on the damn couch. I'm just <laughs> saying, you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah, the, so. Hey, dude, I'm pumped for you, and I'd love to, for us all to be able to go next year. That sounds yeah. like a, an event for us. I know you got a kid trying to trying to go pro, so you probably won't make it, TJ. But we'll see. I'd like to, man. We might have to like do a, a GoFundMe and get TJ some plane ticket money there you go. and just drag <laughs> his ass out there. Yeah, see, you know the trip didn't cost me all that much. You know, I flew Southwest, so it was 180 bucks round mm. trip. I didn't what? have to pay to get in because John Anderson took care of that. Oh wow! I paid for my um, excuse me, my class. That was like 50 bucks, but it's 40 if you do it early. I think. Yeah, and other well, than fifty that, bucks. That's about yeah. right for a national. That's actually not bad because no. I just dropped a hundred and forty dollars to sign Doc up for Arena Cross this weekend. Oh wow! Yeah, and that's not counting the Kathy's pit pass and all that right. kind of stuff. So Dang yeah, it. it wasn't too bad. I mean, it, it's and it's worth it. I, I think I want to do it again next year. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I'm so, definitely going to try to plan on doing that. And oh, luckily it's yeah. right before peak season, so I don't have to right, worry about right. it too much. But um. What do you what do you think, Tej? I don't I don't know. I don't uh, know. When are you going to be well, done with work this next trip out? Actually, because and I guess we could say it here, we won't be having a show the week of Thanksgiving, and I'll be in. in um, I'll well, be in that's Florida. that's still tentative. We'll see. Well, that, y'all can do Jamie it. Jamie and I might do it. Yeah. 
I, I won't be here because I'm basically going to be, I'm going to work again probably this weekend. I'll be home on the 15th, like four or five days later, and then we leave for Minio's. And then when I get back, I'll be in that Tuesday after Thanksgiving and then back to work again. Yeah. So. Well, our next guest is ready if you want to. Let's, let's, uh, let's do locals only, bruh. Yeah. Locals only. Local. Locals only, man. Get out of here. Go back to the valley, kook. Hey man, this is Dark Side. We are back. Um, we're, we got our next guest for locals only. Twenty-time uh, Arkansas State Champion. Jeez. Two-time Texas State Championship, or is that three-time? Greg does. Three. <laughs> three. You got it wrong. Three-time. Now my bad. See, I'm not yeah. very good. At, usually, Mark does the well, introductions. Greg hey, Dust. No What's up, Mr. Dust? How are you tonight? Man, I'm doing good. I, uh, I appreciate uh, this. this deal that y'all are putting together for me oh, absolutely yeah absolutely. So, we want to hear about uh the, all the magic it takes to ride a 500 the way you do <laughs> yeah so for our listeners who don't know i've known greg geez since probably about 95 um you used to live in longview texas where, where i live and we rode together and man you're one of the smoothest riders i've ever seen you, you ride a 500 like no other like jeff ward <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I learned quick to smooth out on a 500. That was one of the first things uh, a friend of mine taught me is, uh, you know, smooth out. Well, I didn't have to smooth out too much. I, I tell everybody that uh, riding a 500 worked for my slow reflexes, and, and uh, it, just, it just, you know, it just clicked. In fact, uh, I got to meet Brad Lackey at uh, the vintage races in Jefferson, Texas, and uh and told him that same statement that the 500 power matched my slow reflexes, and he got a good laugh out right. of that one too. I feel like I need to get a 500, guys. I got really <laughs> slow reflexes. Slow. Yeah. But, uh... Well, Greg, you know, tell us for our listeners your your backstory. You know, how did you first get into motocross, um, and and where were you living when you first got into it? Okay, I was living in a little town called Pocahontas, Arkansas. Born and raised there. Uh, I had an older brother that helped two families put together the first racetrack I ever even heard about or knew about motocross, uh, you know, just outside of Pocahontas. And, uh, oh, that was probably 72 when I, you know, first started making the track and whatever. And I yeah. got, you know, turned on to motocross. Well, it was two years later before I ever got a race bike, a, a friend of mine, bought a 74 Elsinore 125 and uh I guess he got tired of payments and I jumped on it so uh <laughs> you know that that was my first bike it wasn't the right bike to learn on but that was my first bike yeah. so uh it you know that just that just opened up all kinds of you know fun and excitement for me and and uh I was so small I couldn't nearly touch the ground on that 74 Elsinore, and now when I see them at the vintage races, I think, man, I must have been a little bitty. Well, I mean, that, <laughs> but, things haven't changed much, have they? You still can't hardly touch the ground, Greg. Well, I know it, but at least, <laughs> at least the box are taller. <laughs> right, right. I have the same problem, Greg. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, well, like, hey, I, no, I just aim for a high spot when I want to stop. There you go. <laughs> Maybe that's why you go so fast, because if you tip over. Yeah, you can't yeah. stop. Right, it's it's embarrassing to you know have to help or have somebody help me get back up on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 
Yes. And then, you know, when did you move to Texas and start? Because when I met you, you were in Texas. Oh, the, let's see. I moved to Texas in uh, 1978. Basically, I had gotten out of high school, and there was no racing to speak of in, in Arkansas. And so I had uh, been to Texas, you know, just my had a brother lived down there in East Texas, so I found out there was, you know, a whole lot of racing going on, like like a whole different world to me. Right. So so I made plans to move, and, and like I say, ended up moving in 1978. Uh, it took me over a year when I first moved there before I could even trophy in the novice class. Wow. And I was, you know, and I was a novice or a, a trophy uh, rider, whatever you want to call myself. Or, uh, I could trophy in the novice class in Arkansas when I got to race. But uh, I can say the competition in Texas was just, you know, a whole new experience. And uh, so finally, you know, I guess in 81, when uh, I got on one of the Suzuki full floater bikes, that uh, that suspension, I guess, kept me, uh, you know, from crashing a whole lot more. That's the way I'm going to say it. But uh, I started getting a little faster. And in fact, uh, one time I showed up at a race and, and a bunch of the friends out of Treeport area said, ma'am, sign up in the intermediate class so we have enough to make a class. Oh. And uh so anyway, I signed up and found out real quick that it was safer to be in the intermediate class than the novice class. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, so I got quicker because there was, there was a whole lot less, uh, you know, crashing, whether it was my fault or not. But uh, anyway, it just started clicking. It started getting a little quicker. And then, uh, you know, by 84, I think I got on a 250 Honda and uh, got a second overall in the Texas series. Just, just started really learning how to ride, watching, uh, you know, some of the videos about, you know, riding techniques, stuff like that. Uh, because when I started, I had no natural talent whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so anything I could pick up on, you know, really helped, uh, you know, get me to where I guess I am today with, with fewer injuries and, and uh, less scar tissue. Yeah, because... <laughs> You must have really uh, soaked up all those videos and technique tips because, I mean, honestly, like our mutual friend Michael Gage, who learned a lot from you, your technique is just almost perfect. That, that's what well, makes you so smooth. Man, I need you around for a pep talk before the gate drops. <laughs> well, we uh, can probably work that even, out. It, well, good deal, because even after 43 years of racing, I still have these butterflies that, you know, that just uh, – need some kind of leash on them at the, at the starting line. <laughs> well, and, and did you ever race the expert class? No, honestly, I, I run a few, uh, I'd call it expert class. It, it actually had, you know, money payout. Right. But, uh, you know, just one-off deals like at uh, rodeo arenas, stuff like okay. that. But but never, never enough... Uh, to actually claim I was an expert rider, I'll put it that way. Well, I know that you, we have a lot of mutual friends like, you know, Hawthorne and uh, Billy Whitley and Derek Wedding, and I was wondering, you know, a lot of those guys were raced with a lot of the the most famous guys in the world, like the Hannas and all that, and I wondered if you ever ran any of those events. No, honestly, if I was there, I was probably, you know, in the inter intermediate class, gotcha. uh, you know, when, like say, when that that's when I was doing more of my winning. Uh, it, you know, basically when I got on the 584, uh, 
like I say, it just clicked because uh, I knew I needed to ride smoother. So, you know, I just started putting together good rides, and, and but that was all, you know, intermediate-level classes. Right. Well, Greg, you still race a lot up in Arkansas, and every once in a while come down here. Um, what What's the race scene like up there, what little there is? Well, I mean, they're, they're good competition. Uh, the age group classes, you know, they they uh, they just stay competitive. I don't care how old we get. We, we, we forget that part when the gate drops. So uh, the competitiveness in the classes is good. It's just it's dropped off as far as entries. Uh, there are fewer tracks than there used to be, so, you know, you do, you do a lot of driving. Uh, you know, it seems like Texas, again, has more tracks and more, uh, you know, competition. Right. I think it's an economy-type thing, you know. At one time, Arkansas was good, and there were plenty of tracks, but it's uh, falling back on hard times, I believe. Well, yeah, I guess there's it, go, it kind of goes in cycles. I can remember a time where it was kind of slow here, and now it's back booming again. But uh, quick question, how long did you live in Texas? I was down there for 20 years, actually 78 to 98. Uh, followed work back up here to Arkansas. So, oh, wow. wow. Uh, yeah. Now, yeah. Now, where fact, about, uh, whereabouts in Arkansas again do you live? It's called Fordyce. It's uh, – Basically about 70 miles south of Little Rock. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, just south, south central Arkansas, to be honest. Now, is there a – Arkansas is a, is a beautiful place, and there's lots of hills and stuff. To, do you get a lot of tracks with some good elevation out there? Do guys Are guys building them on flat ground like they do, tend to do here? <laughs> Most of the tracks that I know of are flat ground and man-made obstacles and, and – uh, you know, it, there there are some tracks that that have, you know, good good terrain, natural elevation and stuff. But most of those are are you know private land, private tracks, and and you know I feel honored if I ever get to go there and ride. But uh, most of the race tracks are are the like I say flat ground, build up jumps and and uh, obstacles. Well, it's funny you say that about about those the, the the private land. I got invited up to one one time. I wasn't able to go. I can't remember what this, the guy's name was. There's a guy I was racing the Lone Star Series with back in like 2012. He was from Arkansas, and we went back and forth every week. Uh, you know, 30 plus C class. And I can't remember that guy's name. Saved my life, and I really always regretted not going up there taking his invite and going and riding one of those. He said all they would do is just build their jumps in the sides of those hills and just like it's just natural right. terrain around the whole place and all they'd have to do is just build a face. I'm, oh, I know. <laughs> yes, sir. Every time uh, I drive around through the countryside, I just look at land like <laughs> that ought to be a racetrack. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I do the same thing. I've raced – Way back in the day, in the 90s, they raced at White, I think it was White Sands, Arkansas? Well, this, that was in Oklahoma, wasn't it? Oh, was that Oklahoma? Yeah, okay. Oklahoma. Okay. And then I have been to I that know track, I, by the way. Rob Springer and I went and raced a race in Arkansas for the district. No, it was a winter series about four years ago. It was north of Shreveport a little ways, but I can't remember what the name of that track was. But, hmm, that probably uh, Magnolia, yep, maybe. That was that, it. Yeah. That was Magnolia. And it poured. Man, it looked like Daytona that year. That the <laughs> rain. It, it was basically it was a lake. We shouldn't have been riding. They just let y'all race right. anyways. Well, they asked us. It was after the second yeah. photos, and they all the youth kids were. They said no more racing. Then they they had a vote for the big bikes. And, of course, everybody that had won the first moto, which was me, 
said, no, I don't want to race again. But everybody that didn't win wanted to race again. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we had to race. I mean, it was just water. It was terrible. I've never rode anything like it in my life. But So I didn't really get to enjoy that track any that day. Right. Now, I, I know what shape you're, you're talking about on that track. The track actually becomes a river. Yeah. Oh, and, it, and, you know. Absolutely. It was it, Everything was moving it, when you rode through it. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I did a I did a qualifier one year in Memphis to race in the Astrodome right after I first moved to Texas, and uh, it was raining so bad that they they let us run one lap, <laughs> and they made it they made us stop in line at the finish line and wipe the mud off to see, see who we were. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, it, there was twenty eight on the gate. And you had to finish the top twelve to to go straight to the dome. Right. Well, I took off in third and fell off, fell in the first corner, and that was at the base of a hill. <laughs> I ran beside the bike all the way up the hill just just to get it going, and then fell down when I got on it again. And something with those short legs. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I'm, I'm looking, and everybody's gone, and I'm thinking, man, I got to ride if I'm on I'm on qualify. Right. And. Uh, I drowned out more people because they were single filing around the mud hose in the middle of the track, and I just was desperate, so I was just bonsaiing through the water. <laughs> and when when they wiped my number plate off, I was in 12th position. That's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, everybody, everybody come up and said, man, you were riding good, but you drowned me out. And I said, well, hey. I had to go, you yeah. know. <laughs> hey, I had an appointment at the dome, man. I had to get there. Sorry. That, that's it. I'm, I mean, you know, uh, no matter what the conditions are, I'm not out there to be your friend. Right. <laughs> so tell us. So you got to go race in the Astrodome after that. Yeah. In fact, I did two two attempts to race in the Astrodome that year uh, that I qualified. I had that was uh, I believe 1980, and uh, man the. I didn't do any good. I'll put it that way. I think I actually missed. I think I actually missed qualifying by a couple of spots. But uh, man, that's when you you had you know hundreds of people trying to get into the dome. It was the GNC final. Oh, wow. You know, and yeah, and it uh, the ventilation system was overwhelmed there by <laughs> the you know fumes. because of the well, not just me, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, you know, just that many bikes they're trying to run through that dome in, in that short of a time, you know. Right. But uh, the other time I tried it on a 500, uh, I'm trying to think what year that was. Probably, I don't know, maybe 89, somewhere in that range. And uh, that, that that time they ran the amateurs the morning, Saturday morning. And they, did, they built the track for the pros. So uh, I went tried to ride through the woods on that 500 and i think i got high centered on about the third or fourth <laughs> one and, and realized i didn't need to be on that track so uh, uh that that was one of them deals where i uh yeah, actually used one of my brain cells and i just i went in the bleachers and watched the rest of that deal and, and that night and uh, <laughs> just just said the 500 is a better outdoor bike right yeah, yeah. i would imagine so um two more things that i've got before we wrap this up um just like Dubach, who we talked to, you've been with O'Neill since 1986, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I actually signed in 85 for the 1986 season and been with them ever since. Man, that, like we told him, that's really impressive because you don't see that much in general, but especially nowadays, people go from company to company and that you know they've stood by you 
even though you aren't an A rider, a pro rider, whatever, you know, they've still stuck by you and you stuck with them. That's pretty impressive. Oh, no, I mean, and, and like I was telling Jamie one time, I, I still get, you know, nervous butterflies, whatever the word is every year when it comes contract time, just, you know, and, and, uh, you know, O'Neill told me the, this past time or, or last year, excuse me, they said, I said, you have nothing to worry about. Uh, you know, you're, you're in with us good. And, and, uh, Hey, I feel like family with them. So, right. uh, you know, it's just, it's just one of those deals I appreciate. And, and, uh, you know, just, told them i'd like to ride with them for the rest of the, my riding days you know it's just been that that good of a uh, you know contact or agreement with them well, I, that that's pretty amazing you don't see that a lot and obviously them telling you hey you're good with us we don't need you know need a resume you probably could have stopped it a long time ago yeah, but yeah it uh <laughs> hey man that that's amazing that's good good company too by yeah. the way O'Neill. yeah that's that's the first oh, yeah First riding gear I wore in '89 uh, when I started racing, I had the pink and blue. It was like pink on one leg yeah. and the front, blue in the back, and the other leg was the opposite. <laughs> that was my first set of real riding gear. Yeah, cool. Well, I've I've had a you know a bunch of different colored gear with yeah. them, and and uh, it's just been tough. I'll I'll tell you the reason I actually chose O'Neill. This is funny. Uh, when I had won the first Texas State Championship in '84. And then won the North Texas Regional Championship same year. Uh, the Honda dealership out of Marshall that I was riding out of, Kyle Hughes was there. He said, "Why don't you, you know, get some sponsors?" And I said, "Well, man, I don't have a clue about how you do it." Yeah. And uh, he said, "Well, let me make some phone calls for you." And he come up with O'Neill, and then Cenasalo back in the day was still a, a big brand. Yeah. And so, so I got you know, applications or contract basically to sign with both of those companies. But in 83, I had bought some O'Neill jerseys and I got through riding one weekend and, and just threw the dirty jersey in the back of my truck. Well, that weekend it had come a freezing rain. So this jersey is a sheet of ice in the back of my truck. And I take off to the store. Well, this sheet of ice slides out at the intersection and, and there's this O'Neill jersey laying there frozen in the road. And I see it in my mirror, and I thought, oh, hell no. i, I got to save that thing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I thawed it out and worked for the rest of the year. And so when it comes time to choose, I remembered how tough that jersey was. And right. I said, I could, I, I, I'm going to go with that company. They, they make some good stuff. You know? <laughs> I had no <laughs> idea that Kyle Hughes was involved with you back then. That's awesome. I'll have to ask him about that, see if he remembers. Yeah, so if he remembers, but I, I think he will. Kyle and I, you know, uh, got to know each other pretty good. And, and like I say, without his help, I probably wouldn't be where I am today with, with wow. my racing, you know. That's awesome. That's I tried to get some help out of him last year, and I didn't get nothing. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, mention my name. He probably won't yeah. even let you in the door. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I've known Kyle for years. He's he's good people. He's a, he's a hell of a salesman. Yes, sir. They uh, – They've, they've gotten a good business, and I guess, uh, you know, if I was down in that area, I'd, I'd probably still be riding out of his shop. You right, know? right. There you go. Well, hey, Greg, we, 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 we know you're probably busy, and we won't, we don't want to keep you longer. We do want to thank you uh, for, for your time tonight, man. I love hearing these stories. I could, I'd have to cut it off because be, we'll be here all night asking right. you stuff. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can, I can tell you a lot more of them, trust me. But, yeah. uh, hey, I – 
appreciate y'all time. Uh, this is this has just been a, an opportunity. I'm I'm tickled to have experienced. Well, well, we'll 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 get you back on here again sometime. And, and I, I will say I enjoyed meeting you at Diamond Dons last year, and look forward to seeing you there this year, this coming year. Oh yeah, man! I'll be there. I I come down there and and uh, ride a trial bike because I'm I do have that kind of natural talent about going slow. How many so, years have you won that? I, uh, I think I've got four or five of those in the, on the modern trials event uh, class. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I rode your trials bike at Michael Gage's house. I think when you first got it. And I have zero balance, so I couldn't do anything. I was trying and like just to sit still, and yeah, it does. I don't know how you guys. Yeah, do that. I wouldn't be very good at that. No, it's. Oh, y'all be so impressed. I mean, I I get so tired in my face muscles because I'm grinning so much riding <laughs> that thing. It, yeah. it, I wish I I wish I'd have started in one of them because now I know why the Coster got you know his world championships. He started out as a trials rider. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it and it just so much you can learn about balance and and uh, you know throttle control, all the all the controls. So uh, you know it, but it it is so much fun. I mean, I could ride here in my living room and have more room than I need. It's just because you can stand still and practice holding your balance, and yeah. like I say it just it just wears your face muscles out because <laughs> you're grinning. <laughs> you know, it's like wow, I can do this. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome well hey greg you have a good evening bud all right y'all too i I appreciate this opportunity like i said man yes sir anytime we'll get you back on here again okay sounds good talk to you later have a good evening all right y'all take care the 500 cc local legend the dust man the dust man yeah Yeah. he'll leave your ass in the dust oh he does (laughs) he used to we used when i kind of first met him we used to ride at a little place out by the interstate in longview called the tower yeah. It's not there anymore. There's like um, apartments there. Him and Hawthorne would go out there and train. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's just like a rut track. And Did the, Hawthorne live in Longview? Uh, he didn't live there, but he would come up and ride the the, uh, the Sig- Signal Hill, I think is what they called it, mm. or ta- something like that. And um, man, he was just yeah, just crazy. What they would do, just you know, out in the it's almost like deserty. It was like kind of sandy, mm-hmm. little river bottom, and they would just carve a trail on the side of this hill, and just. Make you look stupid. Dude, we had so many spots around here look just like yeah. that, and they're all gone now. Right. Oh, yeah. All yeah. shit's built on them. I love riding that stuff more than I do yeah. a track any day of the week. Like, you see Greg, and he, you, th- you wouldn't think he'd be fast. Kind of like if you just saw Jeff Ward walking around. Just kind of a short guy, you know, just doesn't necessarily look like a motocrosser, but will make you look dumb. <laughs> yeah. He's just technique, flawless. Oh. No matter what, he's just going to be so fast till he dies, you know? And once again, and a great guy. Yep. I like oh, yeah. meeting dudes like yeah. him. I, I I love if you guys have got any any ideas about some old school guys like just like Greg that we got, that we could get on here and talk to. Let us know because yeah, I yeah, love from talking anywhere to in the state. Yep. It does not yeah. matter where they're from. We yep. want to talk to. I don't care if they're from North Dakota. Yeah, whatever. I we just I love talking to dudes like that and more. Not not. Not to be, not that I don't enjoy talking to uh, the pros, Brock Tickle, and people yeah. like that, but I'm a little more interested to, to talk to the old school guy. I just can't help yeah. it. Right. Maybe I'm starting to show my age. Well, but... thankfully, we've got a good little list now, some of those guys, because we still got Trampus Parker to come up. Oh, we've man. Got, I that's love a good Trampus one. Parker. I've got Todd DeHoop line. He's ready. Brownie's ready. Yeah. Um, Lachine said he would do it. Yep. So we've got some of those old school guys awesome. coming up that we I'm, can mix in with the is new the, ones. Is the Hoop still doing the, the tractor trailer thing? Tractor trailer sales? I'm I'm afraid that um that brownie may be kind of boring. 
Well, I wish you hadn't said that on the air, man. Yeah, That's kind no, of a I'm dick just, move. I'm just Why saying. are you such a dick? Shut the hell he's, up, he's TJ. He's amazing on a what bike. What is that on your arm? It's a tattoo. Let's see it. Of what? It's just something old it that I got like when a I was... Black it looks like a black dookie stain. That's exactly what it is. But no, seriously. Uh, are those supposed to be flames in there? Know. What is no, that? No, I don't know if Brownie's going to be boring or not, TJ, but I know you're boring. I am boring, but I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, TJ, insult like, the freaking national champion. He is, like, super quiet in all the interviews I've ever heard. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I don't I don't know. Well, I don't know what to say right now. But you so. got to talk to him. He seemed fine to me. Was I liked hey, him. Bra- he, Brownie, w- TJ. Mike Brown, be, if you're listening right now, I didn't think you were boring. TJ will be gone. Yeah, Michael Brown is listening to T- our podcast. TJ, he might be, you dumb dumb. And if he is, he probably won't come on now. Well, if he comes on, he can talk trash to me about it. Well, man. we'll just make sure you're not here. That, that'll work even better. Yeah. That'll work even so, better. TJ's going to start running the guests off. Oh, dude. man. I don't get All it. All right. I, I, I almost called him a name that I shouldn't. Yeah. Appreciate that. From the history of this show. Well, hey, listen. What, I, what name is that? Just say it. Mm-mm. Nobody listens to this I'm not a dick. So, anyways. Somebody that you maybe used to run off guest too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I knew where he was going with that. And I just I, saying, I told, that totally went over my head, by the way. Yeah, I, so, I mean, I'm not the only person who's run a, a podcast that said that uh, Brown is not super talkative. No, I heard the same thing about. Yeah, but we uh, haven't had him on yet. Yeah. Math has already had him on. He can say whatever he wants. I wasn't going to throw Mathis under the bus, but I mean, hey. Well, who else did he talk to? I'm just saying. Like nobody knew you were talking about. You know? <laughs> oh, anyways. Yeah, it was a good show tonight, man. Yeah. I have to say that we probably interviewed two of the coolest dudes in moto tonight. Yeah. Like, I'm not even kidding you. What's funny is like if we had a recorder here of us talking – you say that almost every week because every week we have some cool people Well, it just cool keeps getting on. freaking better, better and better. Yeah, I don't know I mean, what else to say. We have some cool people and on, And maybe man. I'm just you being – Hey, I've got a lot of feedback this weekend from some people that do listen to it. They're saying, hey, man, you guys are doing good stuff. So, you know, and you, you and I talked about trying to get Bob from Omaha on as Locals Only because he's hilarious on Twitter. Yeah. And he, he said, man, I, I really don't want to be, be on air. He said, but I love what you guys are doing. So I know people will listen and people will like it. I think, yeah, I think we're doing good stuff. I Come think. on, Bob, you got to get on yeah. here and I, talk he said, smack why, with us. He said, "What's the topic? Like smart asses of Twitter?" Yes, he's so good. Yes, I was like, "Yes, we think you're funny." That's but. exactly the topic, Bob. You <laughs> yeah. had it right. But, well, that's a bummer. Maybe we could change his mind. Yeah, at some but point. He's, but he's hilarious, man. Just but. tell him we'll send TJ somewhere. Did you just turn my mic off? No, <laughs> but I could. You dick. You better not. No, I've just turned it down because you can't seem to keep yourself the same distance from your mic every time you talk. That's because he won't wear a headset. Because he's too cool for a headset. Oh, dude, you can hear me breathing into it the whole time. Well, that's because you... Never mind. I'm not even getting into it. <laughs> Don't. Yeah, let's not get into that. All right, guys. Why, I'm did, he, go why, home, why did he have to come back? I'm anyways. Anyways. I know, but I, I wanted to get home to see my chick. Uh, I barely saw her last night. I've been gone all we weekend. Know why you're, we know why you're going home, man. Yeah. It's cool, dude. Hey, guys, big shout-out. Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Shock Socks, PMP Sprockets, York Welling, and Fab, All Sport Dynamics, TPJ Racing. Moto X Pod Show. Hey, Moto X Pod Show, we are out. I just turned I just turned Mike off. I turned him off. Oh, that's why. He's being a dick. I thought and he's being, giving me I the finger. I thought he was being a dick when he said that Brownie would be boring. You dick. <laughs> What's wrong with you, TJ? I was still doing the sponsor drops. Dubok wants to know uh, where he can find the podcast. Uh, send you, tell yeah, him we'll yeah. send you a link. I'll yeah. send you a link as soon as it does. Hey, Doug, thanks again for coming on. Greg Dust, thanks again for coming on. Awesome show. See you next week, guys. See ya.